Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan. It's a Zoom call down to the Gulf Coast, down uh, in Alabama. I've got the Alabama astronaut himself, Abe Partridge. Man, how you doing? Good, Alan. Good to see you, buddy. Yeah, man. How uh, how's Love in the Dark going? It's going very well. I've been been touring it like a madman. That's what I've been seeing, brother. You've been uh, it, it's it almost reminds me of uh when we met. I think you probably would have been this far or further in your career if not for COVID. And so it's 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 just good to see the uh you know you getting back to where you where I think you should be. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was a big lull, but yeah, things are things are popping, you know. Yeah. What uh what's the next show? What you got what you got cooking next? I'm flying out to California tomorrow. Got uh playing a couple of dates with Willie T. Taylor. Uh and, and I thought, well, if I'm playing one show with Willie T. And then uh, I got a festival out there that he books called uh, Sheether Fest. And uh, it's in Mar- I think it's called Mariposa, California. And then I got a, uh, or Knights Ferry, California. And I got an art exhibition out there as well. Very cool. Who is, uh, who's yeah. Willie? How'd y'all get hooked up? Willie T. Taylor is a great songwriter. Um, out of i think he's originally from california i think he currently is in nashville but uh he was on the road with willie carlisle and i opened a show for him and willie carlisle up at uh up in uh morgantown west virginia i don't know maybe february or something it was it was cold i remember that so (laughs) yeah yeah for sure yeah it was in the winter time because it was a blizzard the next day but uh, I opened there for him and then uh, for him and Willie Carlisle. And then we just become friends, man. And then, then we played a festival in Kentucky together back in June. And uh, so, yeah, we've just been keeping in touch ever since. Right on, man. How was, uh, how was 38 this year? Oh, that was, it was awesome, dude. I think I, played, uh, I think I played seven shows, seven or eight shows in three days. Yeah, mercy. Yeah. 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 It was great. Yeah. I had a really wonderful time. Yeah. Uh, you know, my manager is the one that books that. So it I had works out pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I 
Oh, man, I wanted to ask you, uh, what's the coach been up to? Oh, they're uh, working. Cody's is uh, Cody's got a really uh, time-consuming job, you know, uh, and raising raising their children, going to church, doing well. Right on, man. Uh, was, uh, what about the album? Is it has it caught any kind of reviews? Has it caught anybody ears? Do you know? Uh, I mean, we haven't really been sending it out for reviews or anything. I mean, it's it's definitely sold. You know, they had we had uh, back in uh, June. We 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 had their the we had them play at the Laurel Cove Music Festival, and that was the. It was the first time outside of the church that their music had ever been performed. So it was the first public performance of serpent handling gospel music ever that I'm aware of. And they came and they played. We sold, I think it was 250 tickets and it sold out. Whoa. And uh, yeah, it was amazing. I played guitar and Cody played guitar and then he and Cassie sang and, uh, they got like a standing ovation at the end. It was, it was, it was so, it was so good. And and then they got to stand out there and they sold, I don't even know how many CDs, you know, they sold that day and uh, signed them, you know, autographed them. It was really cool, man. Was uh, Sean Byrne there for that event? Oh, he wasn't. Uh, that was just, uh, it was so it, what it was is there was the Laurel Cove Music Festival, but they had a they had an additional Sunday morning thing that have that they sold additional. So it wasn't general. You couldn't just get the general admission ticket to the festival and get you had to get another like Sunday morning ticket to go to see that. It was really yes, cool. Oh, I had a buddy of mine, Eric Woods, down in Hattiesburg. He wanted me to ask. I'm kind of curious about it as well. Of now that the Alabama Astronaut podcast is out, uh, that's finished. And uh, how's the book? Is it finished now, too? Yeah, I got the book. Yep. Book came out. Uh, the book finally came in uh, maybe a month ago. So yeah, I got to get me a copy yeah. of that. But uh, now that you've had time to sit back and digest, uh, has that had any impact on your creativity and the way that you pursue? Uh, your art? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been influential for sure. Uh, just being back, you know, that, that whole journey. And of course I'm still, I'm still, I still attend. I still, I still attend the churches and I'm still recording their music and, um, I'm still actively making uh season two of a podcast. Uh, so I mean, you know, life and gen- I write about life and things that I experience. So in that way, yeah, it's absolutely been influential. Yeah, I got you. I was reading uh, I was reading a couple of reviews today and I was just kind of curious to see what uh, not that it matters, but what those review types are saying. And uh, I couldn't help but uh, agree with some of the the review was uh, sly and subtle. able make you think. And, uh, you know, I was thinking some of the, the shows I've, I've been to of yours in the past. And I was like, uh, even when it comes down to, uh, the gas station attendant, uh, attendant and, uh, 
her name just kind of striking your attention or whether it's your 403rd freak out. It's always uh, something that kind of cuts right through that really makes you think of how long does it take you to develop those ideas? Uh, what you're reading reviews for the podcast or what reviews for what I think for love in the dark. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so you're in reference to my songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, some songs come out fast and some songs come out real slow over a long period of time. And, uh, it's, it's almost like I don't even have control over it, buddy. I don't know. It just, if I could figure it out, then I would, uh, I think I would be much happier. But uh, the the never-ending pursuit, uh, I mean, this has been a pursuit of mine for years, is uh, how, to write a, how to write a song. I still ain't got it figured out yet, but sometimes, sometimes they just fall into place. But, you know, I mean... Most of most of what I most of what I attempt to write isn't any good, and I so I, that, it never it never makes it to your ears. You know, it gets <laughs> it gets thrown out in the editorial process. So, uh, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, one thing some, I was thinking about. Oh, go ahead, Abe. I'm sorry. Oh no, uh, no. I was just going to say that. Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of. Um, a lot, you know, it's it's not like every song I write is is uh is good for sure. And it definitely most of the songs I write don't ever make it to get recorded, you know. Yeah. What well, uh man, I I recently judged a uh, singer songwriter contest up here and uh I was going through oh, cool. some of the people who were gonna be competing and I was one of three judges and uh, just just going by and listening through all these artists, uh, I had already had in mind, like, uh, in my mind, she was just leaps and bounds just above everybody. Uh, I had seen some videos of her stage presence and uh, the quality of her work. And I was like, this it's going to she's going to it's going to be pale in comparison. Uh, but she didn't bring it that night. And uh, there was a first, second and third place and she failed the place and uh man i think i think back to some of the shows that i've uh that i've seen you perform at and uh even like with drew blackwell and courtney uh and i, I think even sean Byrne was there that night that uh you won the uh singer songwriter uh contest down there on the coast and I, I was thinking about those moments it was like uh like sometimes just people come out of nowhere and just really surprise you and uh man how did you like your first time stepping out in public to share your songs uh how much how much time was like spent in the living room or you know preparing that this is what uh an Abe Parcher's performance is is this is what it is you, th- does that make sense well I mean, I think maybe what maybe in the early days, um, I didn't think about it at all, but I had been a preacher for nine years. Right. So I kind of had a, I kind of had a familiarity with getting up in front of people and even singing, you know, like I, 
back whenever I was in the church, I didn't sing my own songs. I mean, occasionally I would write a gospel number and sing it, uh, but it was mostly just to lead a congregation to sing or something. So I was familiar with getting up in front of people and, you know, putting myself out there, but I had not, I had not, the, the, I mean, in the, particularly in reference to the very, that first songwriter shootout I did, I had never, that was the first time I'd ever played songs that I, that, you know, were not religious in nature in front of people uh, for a listening audience. You know, I had done a couple of open mics before that, but nobody was listening. And uh, I had never, but I tell you what, I had never been to a songwriter event. You know, I didn't know how you were supposed to do it. So I just did what I did, you know, and uh, it happened to work. Um, but it, you know, in another world, it might not have worked. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, buddy. I just, you know, I had a song. I had some songs. They were on my heart and I got up and I shared them with folks and I'm glad that I had never gone to a songwriter event before. Had I gone to a songwriter event before, I probably wouldn't have ever had the gall to go do that. You know, in fact, that night I almost left because I was the 10th performer out of 10. Yeah, and you had to sit through the gauntlet. I had to sit through and I saw what everybody else was doing and I saw how good they were. And I also knew that what I did was not that, you know, and uh, it scared. It, it was scary, you know, it was very scary, but I'm glad I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Uh, man, when it comes to uh, you, your approach to the guitar, I've been I've been sitting down and picking through and trying to uh, I've, it. it you got me to get a banjo uh because that's that's oh, that's good. one yeah th- that's one thing that uh like i was going through and like learning how to play your songs and i was that the whole approach to it i was like this is not this is like a banjo like you know the way that you are with your picking hand and the approach to it and i yeah. was like well let me get a banjo and let me figure that thing out and then i can come back to it and kind of have that approach and uh, uh, many people that I've been listening to, it kind of struck me like, uh, I mean, some of the blues players here in Mississippi, the old cats, uh, they kind of have that approach with the thumb uh, really laying down the uh, the rhythm and then the melody being done by the, the fingers. And uh, yeah. it, always, it, it, always, it always struck me. And so um, I know you were in the rock and roll for a time before uh, throwing all those CDs away to go pursue uh, uh, theology. But uh yeah. Why why a banjo? Was it just because you were in Appalachia? Well, I didn't. So so I grew up listening to rock and roll music, but I I did I did have to get rid of it whenever I was eighteen. Started going off to Bible school. I I took all my CDs down to a pawn shop here in Mobile and sold them all. And uh, then it was a few months. Was it a few months? Maybe it was, uh, maybe it was, yeah, it was probably months, probably about 10 months later or something. I went to the first Bible school in Pensacola for one semester and they about kicked me out. 
So I had to go to a different one, and it was in Chattanooga. Well, when I was in Chattanooga, there there was actually a guy in the dorms that was from North Carolina that played a banjo sometimes. And um, I took to liking the sound of it, you know. So I went and purchased. And then in the in the Independent Fundamental Baptist Church, which is where I found myself at the, back in those days, um, you could play bluegrass-style music. There were banjos in the church, is what I'm saying. And so I was like, well, I guess I'll go get one and figure out how to play it because I really like the sound of it, you know. And so I bought a book called... Uh, I think it was called Teach Yourself to Play the Five-String Banjo. It was written by Earl Scruggs. I got the same book. Then, yeah. Well, I bought that book, and I bought a banjo. It was called Lotus, if I'm not mistaken. It was some Korean cheap. I, I still remember it was 80 bucks. That's what I paid for the thing. And um, I, was so, I was so ignorant of how to, of how to pick that, you know, you – when you're playing bluegrass, you put picks on your two fingers and then your thumb. Mm -hmm. I had put them on the upside down backwards to where it was like a claw, you know, to where the, cause you know, the picks have a curl to them. Well, I put them on backwards because in my brain, that's the way that it was supposed to be. And I could not figure out why I wasn't able to pick because <laughs> my fingers kept, my picks kept, falling off because they would hang on the strings but eventually i figured out how to play the banjo and so that was my it that i would go to school and i would come back you know in the in the afternoon and i would sit on this couch and i would pick banjo until i fell asleep sometimes and uh i'd wake up with a banjo in my lap and i was all that's how that was like that's how I learned, and then, and then I uh, about I was I was uh, I really wasn't cut out for that at college either, and you know I just had I had a lot of like I was also it was my it was you know I was eighteen years old it was the first time out of my parents' house and uh, um, there I was and I, I was I grew up in public school system you know and I. I was uh, I was just a lost young man, dude. I, you know, I, I, I just couldn't fit into the to the structure. Well, I was really discontent at this school, and I think they were discontent with me as well. So the next, I went home for the summer, and the next uh, school semester, I went up to another college up in Knoxville, even further up. Sorry about that. Even further up into East Tennessee. Let me put this thing on silent. Right. And uh um so it was even further up into the into East Tennessee. Well when I got there, I, I, I could barely play the banjo. I mean I was playing tapes of Lester Flat and Earl Scruggs and I was trying to pick along to them, but then there was this there was this music store in a place called Powell, Tennessee, which happened to be about three or four miles from where the college dormitory was where I was staying. And I found out that they would have pickings there, you know, uh, where the where the and this place was made out of like 
the the music store was made out of like uh press board i think the ceilings were about seven foot high you know <laughs> you, you had to like bend down to get into the place and it was just really it was this there's a music store called ciderville music store it's still there to this day um and they would sell martin guitars and gibson banjos and and dobros and and and, and mandolins and i mean uh it was like it was a place where a lot of uh, old time and bluegrass musicians would congregate. And the guy who owned the store was a guy who was a kind of a renowned banjo player. Well, I would go there, you know, and I would just sit around on the edge of the circle of. And then that's when I finally got it started, like figuring out rhythms and stuff, you know. Because, uh, you know, it's hard when you're reading when you're reading what they call tablature in a book, it, the rhythm is that it doesn't give you rhythm, you it's know, and you don't. Yeah. Yeah. You're, and then I was like, then it started clicking with me, you know. And so when it's then it started click once it started clicking. Well, then I really fell in love with the banjo and and uh, I quickly realized I was never going to be Earl Scruggs and. uh so then I went into old time picking, which is, you know, with no picks, finger picking without picks, and also claw hammer picking for what they call frailing. And um, I did that. And I primarily just picked around with guys I went to school with, you know, Bible school with. And there was a fiddle player there at the school. You know, me and her would work up stuff and. Matter of fact, the night I met my wife, Kathy, I was sitting up on the porch playing banjo with that fiddle player, you know. And um, anyway, what were, oh, I was, man, I'm sorry for the, I'm sorry for the tangent there. Oh, you're good, so man. So when I start, when I, so then I bought a guitar, you know, well, I, I actually, I was, I didn't buy a guitar. My mother, my mother's husband at the time had a guitar and uh, his name was Mike Ballou. And he guitar that it was an old Yamaha guitar that he had since the sixties. And I had tried to play it when I was a teenager, you know, when I was into the rock and roll, but I, I didn't make no sense. And it was acoustic, you know, and I would play something and it didn't sound like the records, you know, that I was listening to because I was listening to Nirvana and, and, you know, smashing pumpkins and stuff like that, that, that acoustic, that it was, that was like the furthest thing from acoustic guitars you could get, you know? Well, I went back and got that old sixties Yamaha and then I, and then I started playing bluegrass with it, you know, but I didn't have no teacher, you know, and, uh, I had learned all these different things with you, with my right hand, you know? For banjo picking and so i just did it and then when i started writing you know just made sense and uh so yeah i mean i started out playing banjo and so that's why yeah a lot of i use a lot of the banjo rolls that i like oh the more bluegrass rolls i'll mm -hmm. use them while i'm picking the guitar especially the one i think earl scruggs called it the in and out roll is that what he called it? That sounds or right. Maybe, maybe there. I can't remember if it was in the Earl Scruggs book or maybe it was in another book. 
that I had back back in the day, but they call it the in and out roll. And I use that all the time in my own guitar playing now, but it's really just the banjo roll. I got you. Well, uh, man, uh, a little bit about today. Uh, some of the shows, I know your recent show at Callahan's uh, for your birthday, you had the prettiest with you. Uh, how did that come? How did that come to be playing with those playing with those folks? Well, Amanda, Amanda, so I've been playing with her, I guess, the longest of of those three. She she was actually teaching my wife to play the fiddle, and uh, well, I guess we met Amanda because. Hmm, I don't remember when we met Amanda. She's she's an active musician down here, but at some point we met. I think she was playing with my friend Laurie Ann Armour. Ah, that, that would make sense. Yep, yeah. Same vein there. Yep. She was playing with my friend Laurie Ann, I know, for a while. But anyway, Kathy and her, Kathy decided that she wanted some fiddle lessons. And so Amanda was coming over and then... You know, I got to realizing what a special musician she was. And so I would get her to come play shows with me here and there, you know. And so she's been playing with me on and off for uh, about a couple years, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. but not not really steady or anything because I've not in a, been in a position where I could uh, totally afford to to, you know, to... I couldn't really afford to bring somebody along permanently, but then, uh, you know, she went to win me the 30A. I mean, she was on mountain stage with me back, uh, a year and a half ago. She did that with me. She did wood songs, old time radio hour with me, but she's also, I mean, she's an absolutely phenomenal singer songwriter herself. You know, she has her own bluegrass band and everything. So she's, she's does her own thing uh, as well. And then Katrina's her sister and, plays upright bass with us and she's she is a special person and she's always brings the spirit and uh and then austin harper is uh, who's been playing uh pedal steel with me he's i met him a few years back he he was playing with a friend of mine named hunter blaylock who's a singer songwriter out of uh, northwest georgia and hunter is a friend and and uh, we've done some shows where they opened for me. Well, then I played a show in Rome. It was a year ago. One year ago, I played a show in Rome. And uh, and the people said, hey, you know, Austin Harper wants to play pedal steel with you. And I was like, well, let's do it, you know. And so we showed up. And he killed it. And I tried to take him on the road that very weekend. But I think I, I, think I scared him off. But then a few months later... Uh, you know, I got him and I guess, I guess about eight months or something now we've been, he's been uh, playing with me pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good. You know, I mean, we went all the way up to Chicago and back. We, we've been doing a lot of touring together and then finally booked some full, full band shows and a Partridge and the Purdy's, you know, where it's all four of us together. And that's been, that's been so much fun, buddy. Yeah, great sound too. I was watching some of those videos that you had posted uh, over the past couple of days, and I was like, uh, "It's always it's it's a lot of fun when you got a full band and you can really get that that full sound." 
Um, yeah, it is. It is so much fun. And also traveling. They're good folk to travel with, man. They make the traveling a lot easier. We're It's a fun crew. We enjoy being with each other. So that's good. Man, how much trouble is John Hall going to be in in a couple of years? What do you mean by that? <laughs> I see your youngest boy. Uh, he's he's taking a liking oh, to the drums. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I told John, I was like, I, it's like Pease might just have to have, be one of them rock and roll bands with two drummers. <laughs> John Hall ain't got to worry about his place in the psych peas ever. <laughs> that boy. Uh, there ain't there ain't no replacing John Hall. But yeah, Wyatt, he's coming along, man. He John gave him those drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw uh, yeah. Uh, Kelly had uh, shared that, and I was like, man, that was that was a blessing to see him getting into that. Uh, that's that's a lot we of fun. Every I, and day. I saw. I saw y'all doing that Sonic Youth, and I was like, I bet that tickles your tickles your uh, tickles your heart with that. You know, I know you're a Sonic oh, Youth yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that. Yeah, I, I I like to I like to throw the weird stuff at him, and he picks it right up. He's got rhythm in his blood, so uh, you know, I don't think you can really learn rhythm. I think I think you can learn how to play music, but I don't think you can learn rhythm. Some people, you know, I've said that to some people, and they disagree with me, and I. And I'm I'm not about to die on that hill, but I don't. I think if you ain't if you can't snap your fingers to a beat, I don't know that you could ever learn how to do that. You know, I think some people just born with it, and some people ain't. Because I was born with it. You know, I never had to. I never had to learn how to clap in time. But some people can't do that. You know. Yeah, I've been to church. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you can't a child. Maybe a child could possibly learn. But man, once you get some age on you, stuff like that, I don't. It's it seems that way, man. It seems like a lot of people will say, like you know, some some languages after uh, after that ear has gotten so old, like some of the Asian languages, like you can you can Katie bar the door. You ain't never gonna you ain't never gonna get there. And it it, it yeah. would make sense to me with something like rhythm. Uh, if you ain't never exercised that muscle, it would be something. The older you get, the harder it is to to get the training. Yeah, and I, I've I've seen yeah. I've I've seen some people, you know, like uh, you know, their forties, fifties, and uh, get to a retirement age, and all they ever wanted to do was learn how to play the piano. And I mean, sometimes it works out, but I I would argue they probably, like you said, they probably had it all along. They just never practiced. Yeah. This episode of Porch Talk is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Caldera Lab. If you go to calderalab.com slash porch, uh, at checkout, you can use promo code porch and save 20% off your total purchase order. A little bit about Caldera Lab. It was clinically tested to work on dry, normal, and oily skin. Nine out of ten men who tried this product continued to do so, and they could tell a difference uh, with their skin uh, there's an improvement in the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles elasticity dark spots skin tone and more it really helped me out with the crow's feet and the wrinkles on my forehead i've been using the good for about a week now and they also uh, sent me the clean slate icon and the base layer and uh, i've never really been into skincare products I was excited to give Caldera Lab a shot, and I'm glad I did. 
And so as you get a little bit older like myself, um, maybe you would like to give these skincare products a try for your face. And maybe you'll tell a difference just like I am. Uh, I'm 32, but I'm currently looking about 23. So uh, look out for me. Once again, if you go to calderalab.com slash porch, use promo code porch and you'll save 20% off of your purchase order. Back to the show. Yeah, and and that it's just that like you know hearing it, you know, and why has got it, man? So that makes me proud, you know. Uh, he he's got that, you know. He just he just got the feel, you know. He he don't know how to play the feels. It's, he don't know how to play the f i l l's, you know. But he but he's got the f e e l's to know where they go. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just a matter of him, you know, eventually learning how to do the F I L L's, you know. He'll do it. We'll we'll get him there. But you know, right now we just kind of letting him letting him F E E L it. <laughs> hey, there you go. Got to start somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, man, you brought it up uh, traveling around with the pretties, and I know that it does have to be a lot easier. And uh, like. As as much as as much on the road as you are, I mean, I, having someone to be on the road with you, it's got to make it a lot easier. Uh, what do you do to pass the time when you're by yourself? Is it music? Is it podcasting? Books? What do you do? Well, when I'm uh, when I'm driving, I I go back and forth between things. You know, sometimes sometimes I like just complete silence. You know, and. Uh, when I'm trying to think about stuff and, you know, sometimes it's podcast podcast happen to be very difficult to find when you find one. It's just like you got, if you find one and it really is captivating, it's, it seems to be a rarity. Um, but then, you know, music, I mean, gosh, I love, I love when on them long rides to go back and listen to the greats. You know, like just just take. Uh, I mean, I got my playlist, you know, of songs that I just really love. But when I'm when I'm on those long rides, sometimes I'll just be like, just pull up some kind of you know, '80s John Prine record and just listen to the front and the back of it and just just try to take it all in, you know, stuff that I missed, you know, stuff that I wasn't alive when it came out and. And uh, I've discovered some real gems that way. But I like to stop at uh, I like to stop at parks, uh, national parks, state parks, walk. Uh, I like to be I like to go out in nature and stuff. That's that's really the, what I do when I'm by myself. When I'm with a band, you know, we just <laughs> cut up, try to stay out of jail. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. Oh yeah. well, man, of. Uh... I don't, I don't know if I've talked to you uh, since you uh, got over there uh, back to the UK. Uh, what was it like getting back? I was, uh, it was a lot of fun watching the, uh, the food reviews. Uh, what, uh, Oh what, yeah. What was some of the experiences you had there? Any, any, any funny, any funny tales come out of that? Oh man. Uh, yeah. The whole, the whole thing was, uh, it was great. There was, there was, uh, there was not a single dud any, there was not a dud of a show ever. Like the whole, 
the whole European run, every show was at least good. And some were excellent, but every show was at least good. Um, I think we had, I think, uh, we had, we had the biggest crowds I ever had in the Netherlands, uh, which I was really kind of concerned about because, you know, I, you don't go to a place for four years and you're worried that they maybe have forgot you or whatever, because I had not been over there since 2019. And, you know, because of the pandemic and things, it just didn't work for me to go back. And then when I, and then I came back and man, it was, it was amazing. You know, it was, it was so good to see that, see see all the you know all the folks a lot that i've you know still remember from the first uh, from the other tours you know some of my more avid fans you know they 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 came out man and it was great uh went to germany for my first time to berlin that was uh yeah went with the with the david ford one of the world's greatest living songwriters in my opinion and uh an absolutely brilliant man who's just as who could have been a stand-up comic had he wanted to be and so yeah traveling with him is is i laughed until some days i laughed until my face hurt I, i laughed while i felt physically sick in some of those days yeah that, that's pretty wild man someone said something pretty remarkable to me i think i was uh i was interviewing mary ryan brown she's a comedian down in hattiesburg and uh, she's been picking up quite a bit of steam and uh i told her i, I don't know if this is true like check me out on this when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I was like, uh, you're a comedian. Uh, if you could be in any other profession, what would you be in? She's like, I'd be a songwriter. And I was like, I think every songwriter would secretly wants to be a comedian. <laughs> so it, it, I, it, it's kind of funny. Like, I how don't the know. Swap. You know, I, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. The co- the comedian thing, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know that I could do it. But like, uh, well, because I don't always like that. I don't always like to just, I mean, I do like to tell some jokes, you know, and I do like to cut up and laugh. But, uh, I think as a songwriter, there's more of a range. Sure. To what, you know what I'm saying? Of the things to explore. 
you know, if I get up, if if you get up at a at a comic comedy club and start singing a song about your dead grandfather, uh, yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, I can sing a song like "White Trash Lipstick" and then sing a song about my dead grandfather. Mm-hmm. The very next song, at, 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 as yeah, a songwriter, that is one thing. Like a, sh- a show of yours is a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I like. I mean, that's what I, that's, well, that's, that's life, mm-hmm. or at least my life, you know? And, uh, yeah, but no, I mean, I have greater, anybody that can weave together a story and that's, uh, I, I've got nothing but respect for, man. Yeah. Oh, let's see. I had one in the can for you. Oh, there was a cat coming to the uh, to the blue canoe, and I'm trying to pull it up now. Let me just sit, bear with me. I've, I think it's going to be one of these rarities, and I think we're going to be hearing a whole lot about this young man in the near future. And uh, you you may have already you may already be aware of him. I've, it's a guy by the name of Matthew Curry. Matthew Curry. Mm-hmm. Now, who is this? Uh, he's coming to the Blue Canoe uh, this Friday, and uh, oh. he's he's coming with his band, and it's of uh, Steve Miller, uh, Pat Simmons, and uh, Peter Frampton are uh, all praising the guy's guitar work. And uh, holy cow! I'm going to go, uh, when I get off work Friday, I'm going straight to the Blue Canoe. I want to go see it for myself. You know, it, uh, I, you've been to the Blue Canoe, have you? Yeah, I played there one time uh, several years ago. And the guy there is named Adam Morgan. And he That's actually right. commissioned I, he commissioned a painting of mine. I, I don't know if it's still on the walls of that place. Tell, check out the walls and let me know. There's... Uh, he commissioned a big painting of of uh, Blue Blue Mountain. Carrie Carrie uh, Hudson. Carrie Hudson. I've recently uh, recently had Carrie on the show. Yeah. Okay. Well, I painted I painted that band for for the walls of the Blue Canoe. And I don't yeah. know if it's still there or not. Yeah, Blue Mountain. Sure. I, I recently learned this. I had no like uh, the Blue Canoe is named the Blue Canoe because of a lyric from Blue Mountain. That's and I right. had no, and, and I had I, no yeah, idea. I paint, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And uh I mean Carrie, I mean, they were uh they were an Oxford band and uh this back in late eighties, early nineties, and I mean they were uh they were frequent in Athens, Georgia during the time of REM and uh when the Grateful Dead were getting getting going and it was it was fascinating hearing uh some of those stories and I mean, I, I, I wasn't there for that. And he was like, you know, in those days, uh, it was 18 years old and you could buy a beer. And he was like, there was a totally different scene then. And I was I, I could only imagine, especially being in a college town. Yeah. Had to be a, had to be a pretty. Harry's a cool dude, man. I, I'm, 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 I have much respect for him. I think a lot of him, me and him's done some shows in the past. Oh, good, my first guy. time. First time meeting him, they did a singer songwriter uh, night at the new. Uh, it's a singer songwriter venue. It's called the Mockingbird. It's right across the street from uh, Southern Prohibition, and uh, it was 
uh, Carrie, uh, Drew Young, and Tyler Tisdale, and you could hear a pin drop. They uh, they went, told a story, share a song, and when it was Carrie's turn, like there was almost a, a reverence in that room to where you could hear a pin drop, and you know yeah. people were hanging on every word he had to say, and you and yeah. I was I wasn't that familiar with Blue Mountain or Carrie, and uh, you know as the night progressed, I was like, I've, I I I totally get it. You know, it's uh, and I've heard you say this. I was like, uh, this is one of those nights to where it's going to be a rarity to be in a room this small with someone this talented, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, Yeah. I mean, Carrie, he's, you know, he's lived it, buddy. He's lived it. You know, he's kind of like I got respect for people that live their art and have lived it for a long time. You know what I mean? And he made it his life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 it wasn't a hobby, you know, it's his life. And he's, and yeah, guys like that got stories for days, dude. Oh, I'm telling you. And I asked him like, uh, like hindsight when I was doing the production on the, uh, the podcast, you know, I asked him a little bit about, um, I mean, he sold so many records that night after the show. And I was like, man, you know, that, that particular record is 25, 30 years old now. How's it feel that, uh, it, uh, it's, it's still moving off the shelf. And he was like, it means I don't have to get a real job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you got me there, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, man. He's a great guy. Oh, uh, so, uh, art exhibition and playing some shows out in California. Uh, yeah, I'm still in the Alabama astronaut, still getting the prints, still in the, still enjoying, uh, being a member of what, uh, what's the art been like lately for you, uh, as far as your creative process for your, uh, for your visual art, where's that inspiration coming from lately? Well, I've got, uh, I've got lots of stuff I, I want to paint. I just don't have the time to do it. I've been, uh, it's, it's, it's in the thirties. How many days I've been home since January that I've slept in my own bed. And, uh, I've just been, I've been doing, you know, when the record, it was, it was, you know, this was, this was the album release, you know, anticipation. Then in May it came out and then I just been touring heavy behind it. And, uh, that has been the way that, I, you know, that's been the way I tried to, to plan out this, this year. So as a result, like I haven't made much, I mean, I've, I've made, I've made, uh, I've made some paintings this year, but not near as much as I have in the past or through the pandemic, you know, it just, uh, I want to do it and I, and I have done it, you know, um, but it's just, it's been really tough to, to, uh, to do. I have more that I want to do than I have time to do. So, you know, every day is, is, uh, every single day though, no matter, no matter what day it is, I'm either making something or showing something, showing somebody something that I done made. So, and, and I've been really focusing on showing people stuff that I've already made this year, 
that being the record and playing shows, you know. And uh, but I have been working on a lot of things. I mean, I'm still working. I'm I'm painting. Uh, I just made a painting today. You know, uh, I made I finished out a painting today, and uh, I'm um, you know I'm working on the Alabama Astronaut Podcast season two. There's also something that's uh, hasn't been announced yet. But there's something going to come out on that really soon, probably in a couple of months, uh, on the Alabama Astronaut Podcast front. Um, and then um, there we're, we're working on a documentary right now about a about my grandfather's canteen that he carried through World War II, and I, I carried back with me to Europe and uh, wrote a song about it. We recorded all of sang it in every venue across Europe that I played and what was the response like what's that what was that response when you shared that oh story? it was amazing yeah it was amazing we're current uh, my cousin uh is is we actually were filming on that Saturday uh we finished we got just a little bit more filming to do and uh hopefully within the next few months we'll have a, a documentary to put out or we might not put it out right away. We might put it in a film festival or something. I don't know what we're going to do with it, but, um, you know, I just had the book come out. Uh, yeah, man, I just got so much, you know, I just got, you like got a lot of irons, irons in the fire, man. Yeah. And, and so like, to, you know, tomorrow I'm going to California and I'm playing some shows, but then I'm coming back Monday and then I have Tuesday at my house before I leave Wednesday start playing shows again. So that Tuesday, uh, I'm going to be probably painting <laughs> and then go play my shows, you know, and since I'm going to be in a hotel at a songwriter, because that weekend I'm going to be playing at the Panama city songwriters festival. I'll be in a hotel for three nights. I'll probably take some paints out there uh, with me and be painting in the hotel room, you know, cause like, um, it's what I love to do, man. I love to make stuff. Yeah. Know? I've, uh, man, I've, I've been recently getting into, uh, working with resin and, uh, doing different things with it. And I'm, I'm I haven't found any success. What, you're working yet. with what, Alan? With resin. Uh, oh, okay. The stuff clear, that you mix. Yeah. And yeah, so okay. uh, I took the, uh, the inlays of the porch top vinyl, uh, uh, got a groove, sent me like over a thousand of those little, the circles yeah 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 the labels yeah the labels and so uh my thought was man these things are just gathering dust i'm gonna go get some resin and uh i'm gonna start making some coasters and uh you know people can have those and a little memorabilia from the from the project you get a little a partridge art sitting on your coffee table and you can rest your drink on it and, and uh man like like pursuing it like a new creative endeavor. I mean, that really has, uh, it's opened up something more than, uh, music I, I feel ever could. And, uh, it's, it's another great outlet. It's frustrating, but, uh, it, it's, a, it's a lot of fun and in, in a lot of different ways. This episode of Porch Talk is also sponsored by Manscaped. You can go to manscaped.com and at checkout use promo code Porch Talk, all one word, Porch Talk. All one word, receive 20% off your total purchase order and get free shipping. Uh, Manscaped sent me the performance package 4.0. 
that comes with their beard trimmer, uh, the Weed Whacker, which is for those unsightly ear and nose hairs, and then the lawnmower, which is for you downstairs. It also comes with the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. Uh, that is for um, it's for your genitalia there, there boys. Uh, it'll keep you from, uh, if you've ever been in the South in the summer, uh, you know a little bit about how it feels down there. And those two wonderful products will uh, help you feeling cool and keep you smelling good so you don't smell like a foot. So go to manscaped.com and if they are the leading company when it comes to men's grooming they also the performance package comes with the most comfortable pair of underwear i've ever owned so if you have never given manscaped a try i highly recommend them you can go to manscaped.com use porch talk as your promo code at checkout receive 20 percent off your total purchase order and uh man just look at my beard if that says anything about them should say it all. I got the best beard around. No doubt about it. Now, back to the show. Yeah, man. Creating things and 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 when the moment that they're done, it's it's a you know, it's like a it's like a release. And it's very it's a very satisfying release. And uh I'm kind of addicted to it. Yeah. Hey, when it when it comes to uh, your art and being an artist, uh, whether it be songwriting or visual, is uh, there was a quote I wanted to run by and see what you thought of it. Uh, it says that an artist is uh, in need of a constant tragedy for inspiration. Oh, yeah. Well. Uh, you know, that's definitely where a lot of art is born. There's no doubt about that. Uh, the best art I ever made, the best art that I ever made come out of tragedy or agony. I mean, that was the reason I named my re my live record Agony is All Right. Mm -hmm. And the whole meaning behind that is is that art or saw and, and in that record's case it was a lot of those songs was born out of agony which which you know as time goes on it makes it okay so i don't know the the thing that makes me hesitate to agree with that is that i don't want no more of it <laughs> <laughs> right. And I mean, just sitting here in Mississippi where I'm at, man, and I, I think about the blues and uh, like I've been sharing these stories of these old blues cats and trying to capture as much yeah. as I can before they pass on. And uh, yeah, it where was that stuff born from? Why they even call it the blues? You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, there's got there's something yeah. to it, you know? Yeah, well, it's the human spirit, man. It's the human spirit yeah. rising, rising out of of uh, terrible circumstances and and grief and heartache and disappointment and mistreatment and and you know all of those things. And it's the human spirit trying to make uh, trying to make beauty where there ain't none, and that's. That's where a lot of the uh, 
that's where a lot of that's where a lot of great art comes from, man. You know, and I mean, gosh, I've mined, I've mined my past ex- experiences uh, for numerous, you know, numerous things. I mean, gosh, that you know, my my life, the the tragedy that I've experienced in my life, I I go back to time and time again. To, Try to find a message in it. Try to find a meaning in it that's that's worth talking about or worth painting or whatever, you know. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess so. I, I just I, I've had all the tragedy. I reckon I need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and also, man, I, I think about. Uh, I mean, it can be fun as well. Never stare a rooster in the eyes, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, some, uh, some shit, some shit is just whimsical for the hell of being whimsical. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, of uh, the comic, of uh, a couple of buddies of mine ordered one of your comics, and uh, they they just rave about it. Uh, so I uh, oh, wanted, cool. wanted, wanted to plug that for you. Uh, uh, they was like, uh, man, I'm gonna have to gonna have to bring it up here and show it to you. I was like. Well, I probably need to just get my own copy of it, but yeah, I mean, show it to me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, my buddy, my buddy Russ Ferris, who's a Mississippian, he's uh, he's from somewhere outside Hattiesburg. Oh, he 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 create he create he's the one who did the art on in the comic book. Uh, I commissioned him to do it, uh, and you lyrics to my song as the words in the comic. And then we put a flit, a flexi disc record inside of it that plays an alternate version of the song that is on the album. And it, that version of the song only, re, only exists on flexi discs. That's fun. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's funny, but uh, he's actually making another one right now on the 403rd freak out. He's, He's converting that into a comic book, and then we're going to put out a seven-inch record with that one that has uh, alternate versions of the song. So just, yeah, I I forgot about that one. I didn't even mention that whenever I mentioned everything else I was working on because it slipped my mind. But, yeah, that's in the works as well. Yeah. Well, brother, uh, I don't want to take up too much of your time, Abe. I really appreciate it. I was going to ask you three more questions, and uh, we'll walk it out of the door. Go ahead, buddy. Is uh, and you can take this any way you want to take it. Is uh, man, tell me a little bit about uh, fatherhood and what it's meant to you. Fatherhood, yeah, it's everything to me. Uh, those those three children mean more to me than anything in this world, and uh, and you know. The the type of work that I do has its ups and downs. Uh, The down of what I will tell you, the biggest downside of the lifestyle that I live is time away from my kids. But um, when I worked a full time job, uh, I was gone. I was out of my house for 50 hours a week and then I'd get home on, on the evenings and I'd be beat and I couldn't hardly even spend much time with them anyway. I'd see them for about an hour and a half or something in the nights and they'd go to sleep. And then on weekends, you know, we'd run them around to baseball practice and 
this thing and this rehearsal and this thing. And then, then, you know, you, what I'm saying is, is when I was working a job, I got to see my kids every day, but it wasn't quality time. And now when I'm home, I get to really be home, you know, get take some breakfast and pick them up from the bus and, uh, and plus, I'd rather my kids watch me pursue my passion in life than watch me sell my soul for a for a paycheck. Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, I think over time, you know. Go ahead. Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but oh, oh, over time, I believe that'll be more beneficial to them than. You know, in 20 years, I'll be, I believe it will have been more important for them to see that their father had the courage to pursue his passions in spite of all the risk associated with it, as opposed to simply putting in a nine to five. And I, I don't hate, I'm not hating on people that do that. Like some people are in positions where they have to. Some people love that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. For me, for me, it's not my lifestyle. It's not, that's not my passion. That's not where my heart was. And I never had, I did that life until I was, I did that from, I had a job from the age of 14 to the age of 38. And I never had a job that I liked ever. And I probably had, I probably had two dozen in that time period, you know, and I never had a job I liked. So just, I think in 20 years, it will be more beneficial for my kids to have seen me do what I do, even even though you know i'm gone a lot yeah yeah man uh, like when it comes to success uh especially with a a passion or pursuit like uh it's incredibly important like man just since i've known you we become friends and you know just on the sideline rooting for you and every every w you get you know i was that it means a lot for me and you know, I mean, what does it mean for like uh, looking at the red clay strays and they got a stinking tour bus now? And it's like, hey, man, like, yeah. you know, people we know are doing really cool things. You know, they're making it happen. Yeah. yeah no. But uh, well, it, I'm, it so kinda... prou- I'm so proud of them boys, man. Yeah. So proud. They deserve it. Yeah. Question two of. Man, plug the best way to uh, get in touch with uh, becoming an Alabama astronaut. And uh, where are you lively on the social medias for those listening or watching? Oh, yeah. Mostly Instagram and Facebook. I think my wife has got me on Twitter and uh, or X or whatever. Uh, I, I never get on that shit. I hate it. Uh Another one that my wife's got me on is called TikTok. I don't get on that either because I hate it. But uh, uh, I'm an old man, so I'm, I guess I don't think that stuff was made for old men. But um, I'm still on the Facebook and Instagram. And uh, the Alabama Astronaut Art Club is open for five members right now. I think we have 95, and we cap it at 100. And... It's $29 a month. The price hasn't gone up since the first day. Uh, we used to send out monthly packages. Now we send out bi-monthly. We, send, we, we, still, we send them out bi-monthly, but you still get 
two. Yeah. So it's it's the same price. It's just that shipping rates went up so so much since we started this thing that we have out a way to reduce shipping cost without raising. I didn't want to raise the price, you know. So uh, so we kept it at twenty nine dollars a month, but now we have to send out packages every two months. So you get two of the packages every two months, but they just come in. They come in one box with one shipping label, and they and I and I paint a painting for the members of the art club every month, and and I and we write a letter, and then there's the there's the exclusive group on Facebook that you can come a part of where when I paint new paintings, which hasn't been often this year, they go up for sale first to members of the art club. Yeah, first and, dibs, um, first dibs on the new art, you know, which is which is not something that we've had a lot of this year, but we, I mean, I've probably had at least 40, 40 paintings or so that I made this year. And, uh, and yeah, so we're open. We're open for five more members right now. And I mean, my God, Alan, you've been, thank you for, 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 for being in as long as you have. Those are the people that um, make my life they take so much of the stress out of being a full-time artist uh, with a family of five. I mean, it's yep. because, because I know with my art club, like I, we have a house to live in, you know, that pretty much pays my rent every month. And, uh, and it pays, pays the, the, our car payment, and, you know, makes some of the basic, some of the basic payments every every month that makes touring you know it makes it so much less uh stressful you know because touring i i did touring before i had the art club and you know you eat the you eat the dollar cheeseburger from mcdonald's and you sleep in your car well you do that for like three or four days in a row and it catches up with you but but you feel like you have to do it because you know, before I had the art club, when I was out on the road, every dollar I made, that's dollars that, you know, I needed to bring home. And now it's made it, you know, the art club, it makes it easier to wear. Hey, maybe we shouldn't eat the grease bombs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, may, may, it'll be okay to get a hotel tonight. You know, yeah. it'll be okay. Let's we can spend some of this money, get a hotel tonight, and actually get some sleep. And uh yeah, there ain't nothing more miserable than like day three of a tour with a bunch of fast food and been sleep bar. And it's it gets really <clears throat> anyway, I'm talking too much, but yeah, the art club is man, I mean, those ninety-five people. Uh, those, those 95 people mean to me more than like, I mean, the, I mean, they, it, what it means to me as an artist, it, it takes, it just takes such, uh, such a, a heavy burden off my back, you know? And I love to be able to like, it's so, it's, you don't know how good it is to be able to be like, Hey, I'm going to paint something this month for my people and it's art like it's already sold 
you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like whatever I, whatever I dream up to paint, it's like there it's already, you don't have to worry about like, Oh, I got to paint something. I got to take it in. No, it's like, I'm going to paint it and my people are going to get it. And they're, you know, and it's, it's awesome, yeah. man. It, it never hits the public. <laughs> it, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's so funny being, being in that private Facebook group, like um, the post to go out. And then it's like an hour or two later sold. And I was like, I didn't even have time to log in and look. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Those good. Good. I'm telling you, buddy. I'm telling you, man, it's, it's, uh, I just, you know, I, I never, I, I, I just never want to forget. I just never want to neglect to say just how grateful I am, you know, to have, because there's like, like there's a lot of people that make art, you know, and, I don't, you know, I don't really, like, I never really thought about, I, I only made art for myself for so long. Like, I'm, I was painting for about a decade before I ever had my first show. And then, like, I, in, in my head, it just never made sense for me. to. I never in a million years thought that anybody would, like, buy my art. Like, that never occurred to me. But then after I started doing music and I started doing it, it is it is an experience like no other to be able to make art and then and then to, and then for it to like resonate in somebody else's soul like and it don't even sometimes it ain't even the way that it speaks to me like i've i've painted i've painted stuff before that meant something very specific to me and then somebody else sees it and they take a different completely different have a completely different contextualization of all the stuff going on in the mm-hmm. painting. And it means something to, and I, w- and I don't dare try to correct them because it like, you see like art speak to somebody and it's like, well, you know, it's this, it's just, it's just a really beautiful thing, man. And uh, anyway, yeah, those, I never want that. I, I just like, for me to be able to say there's 95 people who 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 participate in this thing with me every month who my art at resonate with resonates with um it fills my heart with such gratitude that it's i mean it's beyond verbalization i can't tell you how grateful i am right on man of uh, well last question to walk it out of the door what was your favorite part of this conversation Alan, I love you, buddy. Love you too, man. You're a good, you're a good feller, man. I've liked you ever since the first time I, I ever met you. And uh, me and you could be, we me and you could talk about Hot Wheels, corn dogs, <laughs> mu- or music, or the Atlanta Braves. And I'm sure me and you'd have a good conversation, buddy. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, that's all I got for you, Abe. Thank you so much for your time. Be safe on your travels, man, and. uh I'll see you again soon. All right, Alan. It's good talking to you, bud. The neon lights cry And fill the silence of the night As the falsely civilized Come to seek their thrills 
And the Holy Ghost roams These dripping streets alone But he can't find a single heart to steal It's just another smiling face And a phony handshake As them posers spill the art district streets So I just smile back Ashamed of the whole act That's the price I pay For being part of the scene And I like your black flag t-shirt From a designer in New York That in an act of rebellion You bought off Amazon And you covered your jacket With reproduction band patches That you never listened to Even when you were young But I could love enough For the both of us But it's getting harder for me to count the cost Because with every dirty dollar Man, I'm beginning to wonder If there's any purity left in my great heart Latest fiddle, but Rome rotted from the middle, and folks have a way of weaving myths into tales. We know our story all so well. It was heroin and shotgun shells. To my generations are died with Chris Cornell. Maybe it's the influences of my youth. That gave me this jagged truth Maybe it's my punk rock ideals But this old hippie jam It's a beach town trinket scam And like Dylan, man, I'm stuck in Mobile hard to be an artist in this town so I'll curse here to try I'll close my eyes and I'll sing to God cause I knew you wouldn't listen anyhow oh yes I knew
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.